Hey, hey, y'all. If you want to head to our website to check out all the different things Pizzazz offers, then just head to pizzazzart.com. That's P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. You will see our online memberships. We've got kids club memberships, our lettering club membership, our one project a month membership. We call that paint and praise. You will see some freebies that we've got there for you. And you'll see our local classes if you're local. So head to the website, check it out, pizzazzart.com, P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. Hey, hey, y'all. We are here with the Here's Hope podcast, and today I've got my good friend Heidi Easley. So glad you're here, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, so let me tell y'all a little bit about Heidi first, and then we are going to get into a little bit of her story that I think is going to be just really encouraging to a lot of people. So Heidi, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself as far as like what you're doing now, what your business is, where you live, all the things. So I live in Texas and the name of my company is Texas Art and Soul. And I teach paint parties. And then um, for the past five years, I've been teaching people online how to have a paint party business. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. So me and Heidi are real life great friends. Y'all, if if you've listened to our story, you've heard a lot of times we talk about my creative club girls and Heidi is one of those years ago. A bunch of us were all teaching paint parties and we're all trying to figure out how to start doing something in the online world, we all kind of realized we were in the same boat. Like, hey, we all do the same thing and we're all trying to do the same thing. So let's learn together. So (laughs) that's how, that's my connection with Heidi today, even though she has a wealth of information. If anybody is wanting to do paint parties, she is the place to go because she has so many resources that she can give you and teach you and all the things. But today, Today, I want her to share a little bit of a personal story that I think will resonate with so many people. So Heidi, why don't you just jump in? Well, let me preface this by saying just the same thing I told Heidi earlier. I feel like one of the things that is a huge stressor in people's lives and people's marriages is money. I think it is what keeps people up at night. It is what causes anxiety attacks. It is a huge part of our life, yet it is something that we don't talk about. Like when we are having money problems and money issues, we feel like it's shameful. And whereas we will tell other people our prayer requests for health and other people and job and everything, we very few times we don't want to share anything about the money side of things, but it's a real, it's a real common, um, real common problem. So um, Heidi has lived through a lot of ups and downs when uh, with money. And so I'm just going to have her just share a little bit of her backstory and, um, and just keep listening through because it's just a good story of relatability and of hope. So go ahead, Heidi, kind of tell us your journey with money. (laughs) (laughs) This can be a tricky topic. And I totally relate to the fact of people not wanting to discuss it. I went bankrupt to business owner before the age of 30 and talk about feeling like the biggest loser on the planet. Like, I mean, seriously, I I had so much shame. My parents always taught me that it's okay to borrow money, but you always pay it back. I mean, I remember as a teenager, Hey mom, can I have, you know, $10? I'll pay you back on Friday when I get paid. You know, I remember just those moments. And so I've always, always had this habit of paying back. 
And then, you know, we, we moved to Florida and we're, you know, blowing and going and we both have corporate jobs, me and my husband. And we have a, a daughter at the time, you know, she's 16, she's 16, no, she's 17 now, but not, you know, then she's a little bitty. And I remember, you know, the mortgage kept going up and the taxes. And that was the time back in 2007 when they would let you, you know, get a second loan, like a mortgage on top of that. And we were in our twenties. We're like, oh, that sounds great. Like, let's do that. And, and before you knew it, we were in so much debt. And then my husband comes home and he had lost his job and I'm a teacher, you know, and I'm, we're just like, what are we, what are we going to do? And, and then I remember somebody saying, you know, we did this, like we went bankrupt and it's still okay. And that feeling of like, oh my gosh, they did it and it, and they're okay. And I, had no idea, you know? And so we ended up going through the process of bankruptcy, but for several months, I was like depressed. I remember just feeling so shameful. I would not talk about it. Like never, like nobody was ever going to know this secret. I'm going to go to the grave with this secret. That's how I felt about it. Then, um, then I remember like I started painting, I started painting these little surfboards, you know, living on the beach. I went to my sister's house. We cut out these mini surfboards. And I started painting them just to heal. I don't know if, you know, some of your listeners use art to heal, but it is one of the biggest gifts I feel like God has given me just to be able to grab a paintbrush and create. And so I started painting these surfboards and I remember taking them to school and I would work on them during my lunch break. I'd work on them if I had any extra time. And at that time I was teaching 850 kids a week at an elementary school in Panama City Beach, Florida. Well, every time a kid came in, they would see these surfboards and they would go, oh, Miss Easley, Miss Easley, put my name on it. And I'd be like, oh, no, this is just something fun I'm doing. And, you know, no, Miss Easley, I really want my name on. It. Oh, my gosh, can I have one of those? And they just kept freaking out, freaking out. Well, finally, after about the 150th kid said something, it was like, oh, maybe I can sell these. Like, maybe this is something I can do to get my family out of this hole that nobody knows we're in. And. The same time, I remember trading my car three times and telling my friends, like, because it got repoed, like a car would get repoed or I'd have to take it to the bank. And I remember just telling my friends, I couldn't even tell my friends. I was like, oh, we just want a different car. It's been three months. You know, looking back, it's so naive. I'm sure they knew what was going on. And thankfully, they didn't call me out on it. But I was just so embarrassed. I couldn't talk about it. So then these surfboards happened. And I took, I remember, you know, like when you spray a wooden piece of, of board with polyurethane. It's like still sticky for several mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I had went up to Pier Park. I made this meeting with Pier Park and I brought these like, you know, surfboards. They weren't even that cute yet, you know, and they were still wet from polyurethane. And I brought them into this guy's office. I was like, can I sell these at your fine outdoor mall establishment called Pier Park? <laughs> and to, to my surprise, he was like, yeah, I think you could make some money. Yeah, let's do this. And so my sweet mother-in-law, she knew we had no money. So she's like, well, let's go 50-50. We'll help front the cost. And then whatever profit we make, we'll split 50-50. And so we were in it. I mean, Casey, it was me, my husband, my mother-in-law, my stepdad. Like we were cutting surfboards all summer. I mean, we were getting ready. Like we were just ready all spring so we could be ready for the summer. We um, worked out a deal. I could rent a 10 by 10 piece of concrete in front of Starbucks at Pier Park. And I was going to pay $1,200 a month and do that for three days. I even, you know, did a deal three days a week for the whole summer. And 
we get ready to sell these surfboards. And I'm like, yes, like, this is like my chance. You know, I'm going to be redeemed. Like all these like, you know, feelings of just, oh, I don't have to live in this anymore. And I'm sitting there and like, not one person is buying a freaking surfboard. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, a couple more hours go by and I'm like, no, like, no, this is my plan B. Like, I don't have a plan C, you know, I'm just like freaking out. And so again, my mother-in-law looks at me and what do you do when you've lost everything? You have nowhere to go. You go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you get a drink at the bar. <laughs> so, so I walked to Buffalo Wild Wings. It's right across the street. If you've ever been to Pier Park and we're at the bar and I'm two drinks in and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm like, this is life. Life sucks. I'm freaking broke. I've been sawing off surfboards while, you know, all, I mean, literally like I just, I felt like there was no way out. And then, then my husband calls. So I'm sitting there and, and he calls and I answer the phone and he's like, get over here. We have orders. And I'm like, you're lying. He's like, get over here, Heidi. We have orders. And so I look at my mother-in-law, my eyes are like wide open. She's like, go, go, go. And so I tipsily walk across the street, if I'm not going to lie, because I, I was drinking. And all of a sudden, I look at my husband and he's got like, you know, we had these like paper tickets. He's got these paper tickets and he's holding them out. And it's just a stack. And he's like, get to painting, get to painting. And I remember in that moment, like I was flat on my face, done for. Like life sucks. It's going to be hard all the time. I'm never going to be able to get anywhere in life to feeling like God scooped me up. Like I will, this moment, this, this pivotal moment has changed my life forever. It's like God scooped me up. And not only did he tell me that I'm going to be okay, that I'm going to be able to do what I love, which is paint for the rest of my life. And I remember just painting and tipsily painting and laughing and just that whole night, just painting these surfboards. And we went on to sell over $20,000 of surfboards, which meant I was like the slowest painter in the world. <laughs> I ended up having to get fast because every surfboard was $20 towards my family's future. And I ended up painting over a thousand surfboards in just two and a half months. I would paint from 11 in the morning till two in the morning. I would paint in my, my car. If it was raining, I would be in there painting because I knew it was a way out. So and um, yeah, so that was the start of my entrepreneurship. And it's just been crazy ever since. So I just want to hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's, so were you doing all of them custom when you said you got orders? So every single one was custom, not yeah. like you painted them and then you just put their name on it. No, it, I was such an idiot. I literally was like, oh, you want you on the beach and you're going to propose to them and I'll put little footprint. I mean, every <laughs> single one was custom. I painted everything. I think, I mean, definitely don't want to get copyright trouble, but I think I painted a SpongeBob. I think I did some Alabama like logos. I mean, it was, I just would pull up a picture and what do you want? And wow, it was insane. Wow. Wow. That is insane. But gosh, it's just, you know, like when I, when I hear you saying it, like the things that jump out at me are like you, there was, it was something that you were doing that you didn't even realize there was a market for until people started asking, until you heard all of those kids ask and ask and ask and ask. And so for our listener who might be in a similar spot, maybe they're right there with you with bankruptcy and everything, or maybe it's just a hard season and they are thinking like, how am I going to get out? I think one takeaway from your story is like, 
pay attention to what people are asking for. Like that, if you would have just, you know, not paid attention to that, like that is, you didn't go blindly and just with a product that you hoped somebody would like, you paid attention to what people were already asking you for. Um, I mean, obviously you were painting them first, but then you kind of tested the market within the school. It sounded like, even if you didn't know that's what you were doing, that's what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I found out later the reason why nobody was buying during the day is because, I mean, I lived on the beach. I should have known this. They were, you know, at the beach during the day. And then at night they were coming out to eat. And so they would order while they're waiting for their table. And oh, it, was like yeah. such a, it was such an easy buy for a person to pay 20 bucks for a souvenir. That right. It just was like, I mean, we get 60, 65 orders in a night. And that's a really good, I mean, that's a great takeaway too. The timing, like the, the timing and location. I mean, the exact same product at the wrong time did nothing. At the right time, it did. So that's another little takeaway of just kind of thinking of even just marketing. Like where, like if you have something out there, is it in the right spot? Is it at the right time that people are going to see it? Um, so that's an awesome awesome takeaway too. And then another, another takeaway is just to me, you know, you hear, I think it's the, oh gosh, I'm going to forget all of the scripture references, but you know, what's in your hand when God so often says, what's in your hand? Like I'll multiply that. I'll multiply what's in your hand. And I think we've got to, um, you know, all of us have gifts and talents and whether it's painting or cooking or sewing, or speaking, or building, or whatever. Like God has given us so many things. And if we look at what is in our hand and just work and hustle and ask God to bless it, there is hope. And how long did it take y'all? Like, so after that $20,000 summer, was that like, is that what, what was next after that? Like I know that was the jumping off point. Did that get y'all out of the hole or like what were, what was your process for getting from, from bankrupt to kind of steady? So, okay. So I'm a huge like Dave Ramsey listener. Anytime I am off on my tangents of spending, you know, me and my husband are both self-proclaimed spenders. So we, we love to spend money. <laughs> so we have to always keep ourselves in check. So I'm always listening to Dave Ramsey. And um, here's the thing, if anybody's going through financial trouble right now, or you're having to do a bankruptcy, and um, the thing that kind of set me free is once I started talking about what I went through, I had so much shame and so much guilt um, that it was literally like holding me, I felt like in this hole. Then once I started kind of opening up about it, I'm not saying you got to go on a podcast and tell everybody you went bankrupt. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you start to like, you know, just I can I know I can be truthful and say I've had money troubles and this is what happened. And um, it does not happen overnight. I didn't do a surfboard business and all of a sudden become a millionaire. I, and I want people to hear that, too. It took years and years and years of discipline. And I still to this day have to go. We are a no credit card family. We do not. I mean, I've had so many people. They'll tell me like, you know, you get points. Dave Ramsey says, nobody becomes a millionaire on points. Like, you know, like I, I teach Pixie that I'm like, you want something, we buy it in cash. And so it took years, but here's kind of the cool part of what happened was, you know, of course I'm teaching. And, um, and so I was like, okay, you know, I'm teaching and, and we had some, one of my paintings in my classroom. And this is one of the teachers was like, Hey, can you, can you teach one of those, you know, paint parties where people come and paint? And so they're, you know, and I'm like, like that. And I had like a picture of me teaching a bunch of people starry night. So I was kind of doing that too on the side. 
and I, I was doing anything on the side, I would do anything. And so, so yeah, so I ended up teaching, you know, started teaching teachers and, and it just kind of led from there. And then my paint parties just got bigger and bigger to where, you know, I was a teacher for 10 years, I could make that less. And then, um, so it, it's definitely a years and years of progress to get to where we are now. Um, but for anybody who's in that struggle, like me and Casey were talking about this right before, like it feels like you're going to be in that forever. Like it feels like you're never going to get out of that. And what I hope you hear from this is, you know, it took us years to get in debt. So it took us years to get out of debt, you know, even with the bankruptcy, of course, it's kind of, you do get kind of a, a swipe clean, but then you still got to build it up. You're going from just your paychecks. You're not relying on credit cards anymore. And it's hard when you have a habit of going to a credit card every time you purchase. And then now you don't even have that option. And then you start a business on top of it where you have no option. Like, and that's the greatest thing I think about a paint party business is you don't have to have a line of credit. You don't have to have a bunch of debt. And so it took years to do it, but now I'm so grateful. Just a, a quick little thing. Like I was able to pay for my daughter's car in cash. I had her save 2000 and then we paid the rest. So she'd have a little skin in the game. And then we're paying out her college in cash. And these are like huge goals. Big, of yeah. I've had forever. And I'm just so, so like, I'm just so proud of myself when I look back and I know like God in that moment was showing me, you can do this with entrepreneurship, you know, and mm -hmm. it been a it's been a big long journey and it's still mm -hmm. still on it <laughs> yeah well i think too i um i just got through reading uh proverbs i love proverbs so much and um we were going through it and one of the themes that i that you will see over and over and over in proverbs is how god honors hard work like he he said in in um proverbs it says a little sleep and a little slumber a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a bandit and i think you are such the opposite of a little sleep and a little slumber like heidi is the hustler of hustlers like she is working and she shared that a little bit here like she was painting in her car she is not somebody who gives excuses of, well, I can't do that because of this. I can't do that. No, she's like, oh, it's raining. I'll be in my car. Oh, we got time to paint a paint party. Sure. Oh, we're going on vacation. Yeah, I'll, I'll squeeze in a paint party right before vacation while I'm on vacation. <laughs> and um, and I just think there is something so um, such a good, wise, biblical um, principle there that God honors hard work. And there's a generation of people who don't want to work hard. But so this podcast, I hope it is um, inspiring that you, you know, you do not have to be <clears throat> stuck where you are now. But I also hope you hear just the work in Heidi's story because um, because she's a she's a worker. She's a hustler and a worker. And God has uh, God has blessed it for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I want to say something real quick about business discipline. And um, a lot of times people ask me, they're like, how do you do so much? Like, how do you like, I couldn't even imagine because I, I am one of those people like, you know, I'm, I'm a doer. And you know, when I'm taking action, you know, I, I would rather take action and make a 1000 mistakes than to not take action. Um, and so, um, you know, my husband always laughs. He's like, you're like one of those little things like that fall over and just get right back up. Fall over. Get right back up. <laughs> and I think in the past, I used to fall over and I'd stay down for two months and three months. Now it's like I relate failure so much with success. 
Mm. Like the faster you're failing, the faster to succeeding. Mm. So now that I have that relationship with failure, failure means I'm just closer to success. So Mm. now instead of getting down and now, you know, I'm, you know, getting all these feelings of for two months. Now I'm like, wait, I can pity party for an hour and then I got to get back up. (laughs) And so I think it's really important to remember business discipline and it doesn't come easy if you're not business discipline. If you don't, you know, if you're not that person, you're like, I'm, you know, I can work, work, work. Then it comes with like making these small promises. Like I'm going to do this today. And let's say you're going to go on a walk today. And then it doesn't matter if it's a block, but keep that promise. And as you start to keep those promises, you will be a person of character that if you say you're going to be somewhere, you will be there. If you say you're going to do something, you will do it. And I think that's, you know, of course happened over years of time, but it, it gets in my soul, Casey. If I've made an appointment with somebody and something's been canceled, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, that's my promise to myself. So um, keep, you know, keep working on business discipline and that's going to lead you to hard work. And I, I love that verse about God honoring hard work because it's so true. Like idle hands makes for the devil's work. And we definitely want to make sure we're doing the right thing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think there's lots of uh, lots of good takeaways from it. I hope it encourages whoever hears this that might be in a similar place that, you know, you're not going to, you don't have to be stuck there forever. It feels like nobody else is going through this. And I hope just by hearing Heidi, you're like, oh, there's somebody who who has gone through it and is through it. You know, even Dave Ramsey, you're talking about Dave Ramsey. That's his story too. Like he went through it and it made him a better person on the other side. And so I just want those that are in the middle of it. You know, we all experience it. We all experience just the hardships, especially in business, the hardships of money and cash flow and debt and all the things. But, you know, in this Christian life, like that is not something to not pray about, like, take it to God, pray to God. He cares about the biggest things in your life. And a lot of times that's one of the biggest things in your life. So anyway, well, thank you so much. Do you have any final words you want to say? If there is somebody that's right now, if I can almost visualize somebody sitting there listening to this and thinking, yeah, but people, people that were those natural excuses. Yes, she did it, but I'm not X, Y, Z. If there's any yeah, but excuses out there, what would you say to that just as a final kind of encouragement? I think sometimes we hear somebody on a podcast or we see somebody on a video and we think that their life was easy or everything was handed to them or, you know, it happened overnight. And that's so farther from the truth. (laughs) Most successful people out there have crazy stories. And I was talking to somebody the other day and one of my friends, Allison, and we were talking, she's known me for over 20 years. And she's like, oh my gosh, if the public only knew all your stories, like I (laughs) I, I overshare a lot, but there is so much that's not even appropriate to share, you know? And it's like, it's like if people really knew everything we go through. And I think, um, I want to remind you that every single person has a story. You know, I I have a story. Casey has a story. Um, And a lot of times people get into this. Well, your story's not as hard as mine or your story is harder than mine. And and who am I to do this or do that or whatever? I feel like all of us have God's gifts to share. And one of my biggest things is sharing God's love through art. Like that's like the through line. I've always said it's never been about paint parties. It's always been about sharing God's love through art. And so I know that I am called 
to show love as I'm teaching these paint parties. Like that is my job. And, and I'm, you know, I'm never going to be that person that's like, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that or whatever, because I, I feel like that's my calling. I feel like that's where I'm supposed to do. I don't have to say God's name or Jesus's name to show God's love through a paint party. I can care for these people. I can love these people. And so I think um, you have to start really looking in, into yourself and go, you know, what what is my calling? What is my purpose? What am I really good at? And then just start taking one step towards it. You know, I remember working in corporate years ago. I was pregnant and, you know, working in corporate going, I'm looking at spreadsheets and numbers and I'm really bad at numbers. Like this shouldn't even be, be allowed. And I remember just dreaming of like, I wanted to be an art teacher. I wanted to be an elementary art teacher. Like I had that dream since I was in fourth grade, fifth grade. And so, um, and so I started taking one step towards that. And now my whole freaking house is an art studio. Like poor Bobby, like everything is <laughs> in art and paint. And so I've made this whole, you know, colorful world for myself. But it did not happen overnight. It takes time. So stop looking at the situation you're in right now and just go, what is one step I can make? And then what's going to happen in a decade? You know, what's going to happen in two decades? Like what could happen in your life? So in, and also in, in a very loving way, have your pity party, but then get up. Like mm -hmm, get up mm -hmm. and work and pray mm -hmm, and ask mm -hmm. God for help, seek mm -hmm. wisdom. And so so that's kind of my two cents. And I know everybody has a a story. So um, we got to just, you know, pray through it, thank God for it, and then and get to work. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much. I think you're going to be a big encouragement to a lot of people. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Casey. See you. See you. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you would share this with a friend. That is how we are going to get the word out that this even exists. So share this with a friend, share it on social media, and be sure to subscribe so you will get notified when a new podcast releases every single Monday. Thank y'all.